Welcome to Baldhead Bible Podcast, making the Bible come to life, featuring the expository story preaching of Dr. John Katzian. I'd like to start today's podcast with this question. How often should I forgive someone who has genuinely and maybe even deeply hurt me? How often should I forgive someone? I mean, it's a good question, right? Should I forgive all the time? Should I forgive um, only when they've apologized? Should I automatically forgive? What would be a good answer to that? Well, the Bible has one. And we're going to hear an answer to that question in today's story. If you turn to Matthew 18, we're going to see that this very question was asked by Peter. Well, one day, Peter turns to Jesus and asks him, Hey, Jesus, how often should I forgive my brother who has sinned against me? Should I forgive him at least seven times, Jesus? Is that how often I should forgive my brother at least seven times? So somebody does something terrible to me, I forgive him. They do the same thing to me again, I forgive him. They do the same thing to me again, I forgive him. That's number three. They do the same thing again later on, I forgive him. That's number four. Peter says, should I forgive him seven times? Now, Peter probably thought, hey, you know what? I am being pretty big here by offering seven because the rule at the time was pretty simple, right? You only had to forgive him up to three times. At the fourth offense, according to the rabbis, you could then let full wrath bear down upon him. You could do that on the fourth time. You only had to forgive him three times, and the fourth time, full wrath time. So Peter is being quite advanced, really. Hey, should I forgive him seven times? And I imagine Jesus then turns to him and (laughs) shakes his head. But with a gentle smile, looks Peter in the face and says, You should not only forgive them seven times, Peter, but you should forgive them 70 times seven. I wonder if Peter then steps back and thinks, whoa, 70 times seven. What does that mean? Well, I guess that's 490. So at the 491st offense, I I don't have to forgive him anymore. You know, that's what some of you are thinking. But Jesus is saying, no. Number one, he's given him a number that in ancient Jewish tradition was connected to wrath. It talks about in the Old Testament how this man had wrath upon this other man 70 times 7. And so as a good Jew, when you heard that number 70 times 7, you thought, oh, well, you know, wrath. Jesus is taking this term, which was geared to signify wrath, and flipped it on its head. And says, no, you don't have the right to exhibit wrath 70 times 7, 490 times. No, you need to forgive 490 times. And in fact, what Jesus is getting across to Peter is this. You need to always forgive. You need to instantly forgive. And I'm giving you this huge number, way more than your 7. I'm giving you this huge number because I want you to understand Because you owe God so much, you should be so willing to forgive. And then Jesus tells Peter a story. I just think that is so cool. I mean, this whole podcast is about expose a story, right? Well, Jesus knew the power of a story to explain a concept. 
And so Jesus tells what is called a parable, a story with a spiritual meaning, a story with a with another meaning behind it. And Jesus says this, there was a king who had a servant who owed him 10,000 talents. Now, in our parlance, you know, well, 10,000 talents, that doesn't sound too much. In fact, what sort of talent is it? Like pulling a rabbit out of a hat or being able to ride on a unicycle, those sort of talents? No, 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 no. Talent back then was a term for money. And a talent in Jesus's day was this. A talent was worth 20 years of work. That's how much one talent was worth. 20 years of work. Well, this guy, this servant, owed his king 10,000 talents. That's over 200,000 years of work. That's how much he owed him. The equivalent of working for somebody for 200,000 years. Now, he could never pay that back, right? Modern commentators have said, you know, it's the equivalent of owing maybe as low as $12 million to another guy said, you know, including inflation, it's up to $1 billion. The servant owed the king between $12 million to $1 billion. That is how much he owed the king. And he could never pay that back. He was a lowly servant. He didn't make that much. Now, how he got into that much debt, I don't think is too important to the story. But it is a question I ask. How does a servant get into that much debt to the king? And why does the king keep giving him that much money when he doesn't pay it back? But that's beside the point. That's not the importance of the story. What Jesus is saying here is a servant who owed the king so much, a billion dollars. He could never pay it back. And so the king said, you know what? I'm going to take your wife and your children and your stuff, and I'm going to sell them and throw your children and wife into slavery, and, and then I'm going to throw you into debtor's prison until you can pay me back everything you owe. Well, at the thought of being thrown into debtor's prison, at the thought of his family being broken up, I mean, this is terrible. And so this servant falls to his knees and begs the king to please, please give me a chance. Please, please, please show me mercy. I will pay you back everything I owe, he says. I will pay it back. Just give me a chance to find that money. Now, again, can he ever pay that back? You can't work for 200,000 years. There's no way I could just find a billion dollars tomorrow. I couldn't. There's no way I could do it. But this man says, please, please, king, please show me mercy. And I'll pay it all back. I'll pay it all back. I imagine the servant has fallen to his knees by now and grabbed the legs of the king, begging for mercy, begging for the life of his family. And here the king... I think grabs him by the shoulders and gently lifts him up. And then the king says this to him. He says, you don't have to pay it back. In fact, I forgive you the debt completely. You, you don't have to pay it back because I've totally erased the debt. It's like you've never, ever owed it to me in the first place. It is gone. 
Can you imagine that? I don't know if you've ever been in debt. I've been in debt. And when you finally pay it off, you're like, yes, this is great. I had some really nasty credit card debt. I should never have gotten involved in the first place. But when I finally paid it off, yes. Well, here, this guy had a debt he could never pay off. And the king forgave it. The king up and forgave it. Like he never owed it. Can you imagine the weight off that man's shoulders? And can you imagine the joy he must have felt? I can imagine he hugs the king and then he leaves the courtyard and he leaves the palace leaping for joy. Yes, forgiven the this great debt by the king. Oh, this is awesome. And I bet he's walking down the road whistling a tune. He is so happy. And then... This man who was forgiven so much bumps into his friend. And this friend owes him a hundred denarii. And when this man bumps into his friend who owes him a hundred denarii, you know what he does? Of course, he forgives him. Hey, look, I've been forgiven much by the king. I'm going to forgive you. Yay! (laughs) No. This man who was forgiven much by the king, he instead grabs his friend by the throat and begins to choke him and says, you owe me a hundred denarii. I want you to pay me it all back now. It says in the Bible that he threw his friend into prison for a hundred denarii and he was just forgiven 10,000 talents. Now remember, he owed the king 10 thousand talents that's 200,000 years of work and his friend owed him a hundred denarii now a denarii was one day's worth of work basically you got paid a denarii for one day's worth of work so this man owed this other man a hundred days of work that was it a hundred days of work And this other man owed the king 200,000 years of work. So again, think about it. This man who had just left the king's presence had been forgiven so much, owed 200,000 years of work. And he bumps into his friend who owes him the equivalent of 100 days of work. Now, that's still pretty significant, right? A hundred days of work. And again, I don't know what he loaned him that cost him a hundred days of work. But this guy, his friend, owed him a hundred days of work. But guess what? You could pay that back, right? I mean, it might take you a little bit, take half of what I make and give it to my friend. And over a period of time, I can pay back a hundred days of work. I can see the end in sight. I can do that. I can pay back a hundred days of work. But this man owed the king 200,000 years of work, and he would never be able to pay that back. And when he left the king, he was joyful. And then when he bumps into his friend, who owes him such a small piddling amount in relation to what he owed the king, this man was so ungracious. And again, he throws his friend into debtor's prison and begins to abuse him until he's able to pay him back all that he owes. Well, when his friends saw what he did, his friends went and told the king and they said, hey, king, you can't believe what just happened. 
that servant that you forgave all that money? He just threw his friend into prison for something that was so much smaller. You forgave him 10,000 talents, king. He threw his friend in a debtor's prison for a hundred denarii. Now, Peter would have known how much a denarius was worth. And he also would have known how much a talent was worth. And he would have seen this extreme difference between the two and such hypocrisy. Well, Jesus goes on to say, when the king heard what his servant had done, he went and grabbed his unforgiving servant. And the Bible says he threw him into jail. And some version says he kept him there until he was able to pay him back all that he owed. Others say he was thrown into jail and tortured until he was able to pay back all that he owed. Which means he's going to be tortured for the rest of his life because there's no way he's going to be able to pay back what he owed. And then Jesus turns to Peter and he says these words. Matthew 18, verse 35. So also my heavenly Father will do to you unless every one of you forgives his brother or sister from your heart. He ends the story on this tragic note of the king taking this unforgiving servant and throwing him into prison and torturing him and giving him to jailers for the rest of the time until he's able to pay back what he owes. Jesus says, you know what? Unless you're willing to forgive from the heart, unless everyone forgives his brother or sister from the heart, my heavenly Father will do also to you. Now, the heavenly Father isn't going to torture you, right? You may have an unforgiving spirit, but guess what? That's under the blood. If you know the Lord is your Savior, he's forgiven you, but that's the key. God the Father has forgiven you an immense debt. Your sin should take you to hell. Your sin caused Jesus to suffer and die on the cross. He died in your place. He took the punishment you deserved. He was the propitiation, the Bible says, for your sin. He suffered on your behalf. We owe Jesus so much. We owe God the Father so much. Because Jesus died for our sins, God says, I'm going to forgive you the debt you owe me. And I'm going to forgive you the wrath that you deserve. No, I'm going to forgive it all because of my son, Jesus. We're just like that unforgiving servant, right? We owed so much. We can never live a righteous life to pay back what we owed God. We can never do anything that perfect to be forgiven, to to live a perfect life, to never sin. No, we sin every day and God forgives us through Jesus. And Jesus says, because you owed God the Father so much, and yet he's forgiven you, You need to forgive those who offend you. And Peter, you need to forgive more than seven times because you have been forgiven so much by the Father. You need to forgive others openly, 
lovingly, quickly, and the Bible says, from the heart. Some of you have been deeply hurt, and I'm not denying that. You've had a brother or sister, maybe in your church, who's hurt you deeply. Maybe you literally have a father or a mother or some family member who has hurt you deeply, and those scars go deep. But the Bible says we should not have a resentful spirit. We should not have an unforgiving spirit. But even if they won't listen to me, even if they won't change, I think the Bible's clear. I need to forgive them anyway. I need to take that burden of forgiveness off my shoulders and I need to say, Lord, I forgive them. I forgive them. Why? Because you have forgiven me so much. I'd be a hypocrite if I didn't forgive them. Why should I hold their little 100 denarii against them when God has forgiven me my 10,000 talents? I just want to encourage you, if you are holding a grudge against someone, let it go. Why? Because in comparison to what God forgave you, what your friend did to you is nothing. And you can let it go. And you can forgive. You just got to turn and remind yourself how much God has forgiven you. Thank you for listening to Baldhead Bible Podcast. If you have any questions or comments, we would love to hear from you. You can comment on our Facebook page or email us at baldheadbible at gmail.com. If you would like to support this podcast, please check out our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash baldheadbible. Baldhead Bible Podcast, making the Bible come to life. New episodes added every week. Thank you.